This episode is sponsored by Luminance Skincare. Hey podcast family, as we continue to celebrate this month's LGBTQ Pride Month, we have badass tech entrepreneur Andrea Berga with us today. Andrea is, a, is the author of The Sex Tech Revolution, a book which covers the future of sexual wellness. Andrea recently was added to the Fast Company's Queer 50 list, which features top leaders and innovators shaping our world today. Andrea is a true pioneer. As a queer and Asian American former venture partner at 500 Startups, and she's currently the founder of O School, a judgment-free resource for everything sex, where you can even take a free customized orgasm order form. What we love about Andrea is her passion and drive, as well as her transparency and honesty through her platforms. Please welcome today's very special guest, Andrea Berica. Yay! Welcome, Andrea. So, so good to be here. Yeah. Yes. We're happy to have you to talk all things sex today. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool because we never get to talk really about that through our podcast. And I don't know, we just like to give our generation some cool tips and, you know, touch on everything, you know, that could help us with any type of wellness practice form or anything. Yes. Currently what we need right now too, sex. Yeah. And it's so good to have to have an expert. You know, you're an expert and we love bringing on experts to, so we can just delve right in. <laughs> I'm so glad, first of all, that you even consider sexual wellness as part of wellness. People think about wellness, they think yoga, meditation, great diet, exercise. But really, like what many of us in sexual wellness want people to understand is that sexual wellness like, is more about wellness than sex. It's just another part of the ways that we take care of ourselves and we have to find what's best for ourselves, whatever that is. Yes. Yeah, there's been a lot of interesting studies, right, coming out about sex during the times of COVID. I, I believe I think you 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 might have written one recently, or that you were in, in included in one as well, where they were saying the. Can you tell us about just some of the trends you they they've been seeing with with COVID and sex and all that stuff? Yes, a lot of data around just like in general, how people are are handling this lockdown, like some people are having way more sex and are really, you know, turned on a lot because they're stuck indoors. And for some people, it's the opposite. They have a decrease in sex and couples who are, you know, stuck together at home are not having a great kind of sexual experience right now. Um, based on our data, we know that people are running their cars to have sex. Um, we have like a big amount of you know, data around what people are searching for. And there's definitely, you know, an increase in searches, an increase in buying sex toys. And then in terms of, you know, other parts of the industry, just lots of lots of changes um, because of COVID um, that's touching, you know, the, the way that uh, people are, you know, thinking about health because they're so health conscious. They're thinking about their bodies. They're thinking about, you know, ways that they can um, de-stress. I think these are really stressful and uncertain times. And sexual wellness is all about having masturbation or sex or other types of expressions as, as part of your wellness package, you know, and, and that's really, really exciting to see. So cool. Okay. Well, let's just dive right in then. <laughs> so tell us, so you, I guess you kind of dove into what sexual wellness looks like. So that's masturbation. That covers all aspects of, of sex. Absolutely. So sexual wellness is a term that's used. A lot of people uh, who think about, you know, sex tech as a 
a field, think about porn and, you know, robots, which is all awesome and part of the field, but there's this new burgeoning um, sector of thinking about sex in terms of what are the health needs that are related and not just for one type of sexual need, right? A lot of the innovations that have happened for decades, centuries have been about people with penises, but so little is understood about especially like the clitoris and things that people who identify as women are experiencing different sexualities and identities and how that, you know, affects our mental health, our spiritual health. It's really this broad, you know, this broad category that refers to, you know, in some parts, just the things that are problems that we have around sex. So this has to do with innovations with, you know, painful sex, lubricants, um, pharmaceutical sometimes, and then also toys and products that are around really building that. And so sexual wellness is referring to anything that's really helping us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually reconnect to our bodies and have the sex life that's right for us, whether that's no sex, all the sex, like a lot of spectrum in between. Yeah. I love that you put that on your website. Um, it was like a huge percentage. It was like 30% of women feel some sort of pain when they have intercourse. Is that the statistic? Right. So depending on, you know, we have lots of different um, statistics. There's many. And so I'll, you know, that, that's, that's very common that in, in a, you know, someone with a vulva or vagina's life um, throughout the life, right? Because it's, it, we are finding that people are having sex late into their life, like in 60s, 70s, 80s, and also people just having their first sexual debut, we call it, right? Yeah. Their first time having sex. And in the span of a lifetime, we do find that, you know, like one in three, one in four, depending on the study is showing a lot of, of instances of discomfort, pain. Um, there's also an orgasm gap, right? There's been data that shows that every 100 times a straight man has sex, like 95 times will end up in a climax or an orgasm mm -hmm. compared to as low as like 30 or 65 times a span for straight women. So across the board, straight women are having the fewest orgasms of any other group, um, which isn't wow. biological because we see that in the queer women that, um, you know, pe women having sex with other women, it's closer to 90 times. And, wow. you know, it's not, it's not a biological problem here. It's a lack of education. Mostly it's nothing that we need to, you know, blame or shame people around. It's really something mm -hmm. though we need to address. And so sexual wellness is making sure that everyone has access to the education needed to, you know, experience pleasure and not just, you know, have sex the way we're taught. So I don't know how you both were taught, but growing mm -hmm. up, you know, um, Filipino American, my parents both grew up in the Philippines, Catholic, conservative. The only thing I was ever taught about sex was not to have it until you're married. Right. And then in public school, you get all of the messages that about STIs and preventing pregnancy, but there's almost no education about, you know, the anatomy, right. The clitoris being one, um, which by the way, doesn't just limit to People, doctors don't get education about the clitoris. The average medical doctor only gets 10 to 15 hours of sex ed themselves. And so wow. you just have wide swaths of society that don't really understand pleasure, the science behind it, or support that it's a normal and common thing to want to have sex, not just to have reproductive reasons, right? Babies and all of that, but because it feels good. And we don't really um, teach people throughout their life around masturbation and all the ways that they can explore that. And so once people get out of school, societies like wash their hands, but we meet people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s who are having their first orgasms, who still, you know, are discovering the things that make them feel good. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, that's the kind of gap that we're we're filling right now. So awesome. Yeah. So yeah. inspiring. So cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. You know, we don't learn any of the things that we need to know in school. It's like, how should we be eating? Like all the things that we need, like our life, our life's need. And sex is one of those things. It's 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 one of the things that humans need. Yeah, so it's exactly. Like, there's just so many things we just don't learn. So you talked about growing your parents both being Filipino and growing up in a pretty conservative then household. How did they, how did, how did, what was your moment that you decided to go in a direction of being more sexually liberated? Uh, it wasn't until late in life for my, I, I would consider later in my life, um, you know, I'm, I was in my mid twenties. I'd already started two technology companies. So awesome. I had not seen myself naked at the time. Like I was still very repressed. I was still very ashamed. Um, I was in the closet sexually. I'm a, you know, uh, a pretty openly queer person now, but back then I, I still had a lot of, of shame and didn't feel connected to that part of my life because I was, how I was taught and experiences I had. And so it was when I was in tech, like I, you know, you said my background that I was a venture in venture and I was investing in and helping build internet companies, but the internet wasn't, wasn't helping me with this. It was mostly in person with other women that I was finding healing. And I wondered like what, why that was and why was there nothing online that was between like Planned Parenthood and medical websites like WebMD and like porn, right? I felt like there was like this gap between there and that's what um, kind of made me start building O School because I needed more help that yeah. I just wasn't seeing provided online. So awesome. How long, so how long was this like journey? How many years do you think? It's ongoing. I, I'm still in it. Yeah. Like I would say, you know, I started O School in like 2016 and that was really a big year for me in terms of really like choosing to be comfortable. So mm-hmm. like it's, I'm, I'm ongoing four years, but it's it's going to go for the rest of our my life. Yeah. Right? I tell people this all the time. Like there's not a time when you're done learning about it because you think you know everything, but then you have a baby. And then what happens? Oh, you think then after that, like maybe you struggle with some anxiety and depression. Mm. What if your partner comes out with something like a desire that you're not comfortable with? Right. Then you have kids and you may need to have conversations with them about sex. Who And right. then so our whole lives, it's dynamic and it's not fixed, right? Things that yeah. we like in our 20s, you can find yourself in another point of your life being like, wow, this thing that I didn't know that I like, for example, we have people who get divorced and are like, I want to hook up. I want to go on dating apps. And like, I'm 45. Like, what do I do? Yeah. You know, and then we have people who are in a marriage long term. A lot of marriages are experiencing some some form of sexlessness, meaning no sex is happening more than like once a month, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on how you define sexlessness. And this can be fine. Some people, less sex is okay with them. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. say that everyone needs to be having a lot of sex. Some people, they're happy with you know, gardening, cooking, and other creative projects and sex isn't high on their list. And for some people, it's really important. And yeah. when they're not like getting that fulfilled, they feel like really bad. And so helping whoever, you know, whatever it is, so helping people feel comfortable not having sex or helping people who want to have way more sex, like how do they get that? Um, right. It's what I really love kind of talking with people because I think in society, you know, there's there's not a lot, uh, there's, there's too many expectations on like what the right sex life looks like. And I think of all, all genders, not just women, but especially women feel like a lot of pressure to conform to something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's as early as like you, you hear the word sex and then it's instantly you have, there's like, there's these experiences that you have to live up to and you're like, however old you are, you know, but you're already like, oh dang, I gotta live up to these things. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. I just had a conversation with uh, my partner's 13-year-old sister and talking to her about her journey with, you know, pleasure and her journey through um, what she's watching as far as porn. And I told her, you know, just giving my advice. I was like, if you want to watch some porn, possibly from a female's perspective, like from a female director, I can give you those resources, you know, just, and it's so cool that I just had that conversation with her and then I found Andrea. So it's really cool. It's it's kind of aligning and and I would love, and I'm definitely going to be sending her old school to check out just to learn about some proper education. (laughs) So it's inspiring. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, dude, so cool. So, so you're, so because you didn't feel super comfortable sexually, you decided you wanted to help others with that as well. Is that how it happened? And then and O School was just what came and was formed? Absolutely. So there was the personal impact, but also, you know, as a businesswoman and yeah. a entrepreneur kind of mindset, I was like, this is a huge part of people's lives. Like, this is a huge, huge part of, like, I knew the problem in Chimili and I started meeting so many other people and I started looking online. Like I said, there was nothing between those. And so I got so obsessed that when I was at 500 Startups, a lot of, you know, my earliest supporters were like, here, here's go build this. And so I started building it and it's gone through lots of changes and iterations, but the mission is pretty, pretty, hasn't changed at all. It's we want to reach billions of people with access to this education and create, create transformative experiences like the orgasm order form that you brought up. Like we, that that whole thing, that whole thing came because I was like at a, at a Whole Foods and I was uh, ordering like a, a, like a burrito or something. And they give you this little order form and it's like, do you want beans? Do you want rice? Like, do you want cheese? Right. Do you want salsa? Everyone's done something like this. And I started thinking like, Oh, it'd be so nice if that existed for orgasms. Like if you could just give it to someone and be like the left side of my clit and a counterclockwise, uh, like, you know, <laughs> like direction for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, and then this and this and this, and that's really going to help me. And yeah. we don't, so many people find it awkward to say that to someone. Right. And so we, we thought we wondered about what it would, would look like to help people with these awkward conversations. Yeah, I love it. I, I did it the other day with my partner and I learned something from him also. So, you know, it's just, Amazing. it's like blew my mind for sure. So if you guys ever, our listeners, if you guys ever want to go check it out, check it out, o.school. And then it's, it's, it's kind of hard to find. So how do I get, how do you get to it on the, on the site part? It's like the first thing that pops up. That's okay. Great. You know, thank you for that feedback. But like, if you just go, it's, it's, we try to link it everywhere because it's a tool. Yeah. And we, have, we had versions of it that we worked on like a dirty talk order form and, <laughs> you know, like all types of, all yeah. types of things that are hard to, to talk about or that you said, like, sometimes you just don't know until someone asks you, right? I think everyone knows when they order a burrito or a sandwich, like, oh yeah, like, it's like they don't even have to think about it. They're like, oh, how do you like a turkey sandwich or a, you know, no mayo, yes on cheese. They just know it. But if you're like, what is the formula to help you feel good in bed? Everyone, people, Some people are like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah. I've yeah. never, no one's ever asked me that. And and that isn't just women. It's men, too. They're like, I had a T-Pain the Rapper take it um, oh my God, for his I show. Love, I love that the, your conversation with him was hilarious. <laughs> and so just yeah. so honest, too. Like, yeah. And And he filled it out. Um, it was just a team and I like, and me, and we were watching him fill it out and he took a long time. It wasn't just like a, this, this, and this. Cause you know, and he's a rapper. He like made lots of jokes and comments about having lots of partners. And there was this one question that was like, what's like your ideal orgasm? Like, what would it look like? And he really like sat and thought about it. He's like, no one's asked me this before, you know? And it was really wonderful to see that because, you know, even people who've had a lot of sex, may not have really thought about it. And I think you see this in like people's fitness journeys and food journeys, but what about your sex journey? And, and again, like 
a lot of people would never even think to bring it up with their doctor if they're having a problem. And so yeah. we really think it should be just as just as normal to ask, you know, to to talk about. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so cool. Yes. I'm very inspired by my Filipino leadership of ladies. Just, you know, even Joe, go, go fit Joe. If you guys don't follow her on Instagram, she talks so much on her stories about just like, you know, taking the time for pleasure, playing with her toys. And it's so cool because I never, I've never seen any type of Filipino American woman talk like that ever, like publicly. And it's like, that's so important. It's so part of our, our lifestyle. It's like, yes, like we should be all talking about it much, much more. And you're helping with that too. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the topics you guys have on the old, old, old school website is amazing. How, how do you guys come up with all these topics? Do you guys sit in a room and like, because literally you cover everything. Uh, we we focus a lot on uh, what people search for in Google. That's uh, like very important to us. <laughs> yes. like, so that 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 I would say Basic, like there are yeah. lots of brand. There's a lot of brands doing a lot of amazing things. There's a lot of influencers on Instagram talking about amazing education. We're definitely not the only ones, but we really focus on. Oh, this is you know this, and especially if the things that are coming up aren't very like ethical or medically accurate, we feel more of an imperative to go into that space. Yeah. Right? Just basic and, information uh, yeah. that's not even out there. You're putting out just basic, up-to-date information that's not out yeah. there. But medical, yeah. yeah, right. Medical accuracy is important to us, though, too. So we have medical doctors review things like, to make sure that they're medically accurate. Because, again, like so much of this is there's like misinformation or like just cultural taboos. Like my mom thought you could get pregnant by eating like pistachios. Like it's very, <laughs> you know, like common to just hear things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, you sometimes people don't know what's real and not real. And so we love to just like bring that medical perspective. Yeah. And debunk things that, yeah, that don't, it shouldn't really be even talked about because it's not reality. You know, it's not, it's not a fact. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So how can other women that are interested in sex education and and just the movement be active or how can they be a part of 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 the of the movement in general? It starts with the littlest things. Like I love talking about how friends can be more supportive of each other's sexuality. I actually think a lot of shaming can happen in friend groups. Like I think it definitely happens when in in the middle of sexual situations, but I have heard a lot of people's like situations and their pain and trauma and shame and a lot sometimes it comes from our friend groups and talking to each other and you know I talk about um, a lot how I notice sometimes judgment can mask its concern so if someone's telling you a story about sex like a lot of people react sometimes in the way that like the, the people who shamed us talk so for example if your friend is like oh I hooked up with someone last night and instead of being curious and being like, oh, did it feel good? Like, how was it for you? Sometimes I'll, I'll hear people react with like, well, did you use a condom? And like, how, and mm. like that, and like, why? Like, why? Like, Judgments. You know, but, but it's masking as concern, right? Because it's a mm. friend, friend interaction and, or like just the gossip. And, and, and I think inherently we like, as a society, we need to get away from this idea that two, two ideas that are really harmful. One, women who, who look like all women are there for is to um i was taught this you know you have to protect your virginity and that men will get sex from you and you can't give it up and then like reversely is like the more sex a man has the more powerful he is the more sex a woman has the less valuable or worth or like worthy she is mm-hmm. i've heard that across cultures in many many areas and it's important that we just celebrate other people's choices even if they're not the choices we would make 
Right. Like that's the that's the start of like sex positivity. It's not about having yes. sex, not having sex, the type of sex you have. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, oh, I feel like I am making the choices that's best for me in my sex life. And I'm going to affirm others making those choices for themselves as well. Yeah. That is like the first step that can help the movement. It can go on and on to like advocating for more comprehensive sex ed and like policy and like voting for, for LGBTQ education and rights and protections. It can, it can really like expand on from there, but at the very core of it, and this has to do with like friends, mothers, cousins, Mm -hmm. aunties, and the men in our, uh, everyone too. But I I talk a lot um, because women especially have been fed these types of messages, but everyone just needs to kind of be part in less shame. Less, less shame, yes. y'all. Yeah. And less yeah, judgment. <laughs> yeah. Dropping gems. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Luminance Skincare. Guys, we're so excited to have award-winning Luminance Skincare. They're all about freshly handcrafted small batches with the highest quality vegan ingredients. Made weekly in their studio in California with care and craftsmanship. Always made fresh, organic, non-toxic, non-synthetic, and cruelty-free. Kim, the owner and co-founder who formulated these amazing products, made a pilgrimage to free Priscilla, his wife, from severe migraines that were triggered by harsh synthetics and toxic ingredients. So in turn, Kim's passion to create the finest, cleanest skincare products in the entire world. Truly one of my favorite products in the market. If you want to make a smart choice for skincare, use Luminance. So cool. Totally agree with Laura. We're honored to have Luminance as a sponsor for this one. This is a brand we 100% stand by, so shout out to them. I initially came across Luminance skincare two or three years ago when I was looking for a moisturizer along with Laura. I've been a natural beauty junkie for over 10 years and I'm always looking for the perfect formula. I've tried a lot of products and then I found Luminance and was honestly floored by their quality and the ingredients and just how healthy and glowing my face felt after. Fast forward to a few months ago, I had been trying different natural makeup removers and none of them would really get my mascara off. So I decided to check out their website and see what Luminance had. And I found the cucumber water makeup remover. And once again, I was shocked by this product. So light, so refreshing, yet so powerful. Since my refill stores haven't been open during this time, I've gone 100% back to Luminance. And my entire daily skincare routine is 100% them. My face is feeling so amazing, honestly. But for real, try their stuff. Rose water, their delicate cleanser, which is unique, and their raspberry seed oil sunscreen is divine. It makes me feel dewy and sexy even when I'm in the sun. We also have a special 15% off listener discount code for your first purchase. Make sure to get yourself some goodies with our code CKPODCAST15 at luminanceskincare.com. That's luminance, L-U-M-I-N-A-N-C-E, skincare.com. Don't forget about yourself during these times. Your face and body will thank you. Quick question. I always like envision like the tech tech world up in the Bay mixing in with like the Burning Man crowd. Did you ever have like some sort of like spiritual awakening? Did you go to any like um, seminars or anything to explore the sexual to for you to get into that next sexual chapter of tech? I definitely did a lot of exploration um, on different organizations. I'm uh-huh. not a music festival. I'm a huge introvert, actually. Okay. <laughs> so I, like, would never go to, you know, an enclosed space with a lot of people. That And, and actually, too, I, I 
really sometimes have gone through periods of like celibacy. People assume because like I'm the founder of a sex company, I don't go through that. But my creative and sexual energy is very like tied. So if I'm super creative, I'm not that interested in sex and vice versa. Like it's just kind of uh, something that I've noticed and learned about myself. But um, I've definitely explored like all the organizations that were trying to push this forward. Like I remember back in the day for me, it was like looking at OMG Yes as a site. And there was One Taste, which was this controversial organization that was- Yeah, tell us about um, that. I I don't know anything about that. Yeah, um, Orgasmic Meditation, which there's many versions of this. (laughs) And again, you can do, you can like read up on it. But at the time, these were some of the only things. There was Erica Lust. I think, I don't know if that was talking about, you know, learning about very new age like new age porn, porn and led by various movements. I also, you know, did just learn a lot going to places like Good Vibrations, which is like a super education and, and safe space to buy toys. That was probably okay. a, one of the most transformative things that I did is just go awesome. to workshops. And mm-hmm. um, in San Francisco, we had kink.com and sometimes they would have like rope demonstrations and stuff. And it was really just about expanding my mind that Mm -hmm. there are many acceptable ways to express sexuality that are valid. And not all of them were for me. Some of them were, some of them weren't. But I think that was about the exposure. And so in terms of a spiritual connection, it sounds funny, but like the most amazing part about figuring out my sexuality was how powerful it made me in like other areas of my life. Mm. And it was really about connecting those dots about, ooh, asking for what I want and and saying no to what I don't want in this part of my life really extended to others. And that was like a pretty big like, whoa. Yeah. I can can tell someone that I met on a dating app like, hey, it's not working and I'm going to go home now. It was like, it was the times that I said yes and the times that I said no and started to exercise that, um, that I would say was probably some of the the more transformative things. Yeah, creating yeah. creating boundaries around your lifestyle. That's really awesome, which also entail with boundaries within your workspace and mm-hmm. work and relationships. So that's awesome. Yeah. And with <laughs> things, it's like, how do you know what you do or don't like if you don't try and experiencing things or try to experiment and just do go out there and just do it? Absolutely. And being in situations where people were exposing them to me and I was being exposed. And it's not just like, the boundaries of no, but like creating here are the things that cultivate joy for me and that bring me desire. And not all of them are sexual. I always explain this. Like I get a lot of questions from especially women who are like, I don't have a desire in sex. I want to, I want to explore. I just feel super shut off. Like, you know, and they don't have a connection there, which I've experienced. And I always kind of encourage people who are going through this to stop thinking that it has to do with like touching genitals it can be getting your hair blow dried at the salon, right? Mm-hmm. Does that feel pleasurable? Cool. Put that in your pleasurable list. And just about adding to that list of here's the things that just bring delight to my life and starting with the body connection of like, this feels pleasurable. And it's so, like, it sounds so basic, right? Like, how can that be a big deal? But I will say that overwhelmingly, the barriers to people feeling like they can have the sex life they want is always this like, I'm not enough, I'm not hot enough, I'm not, you know, I'm not adventurous enough to, or, you know, I'm not like, and even negative feelings, like, I don't want to be that type of person. They're very Mm self-limiting and they usually don't come from you. It comes from society. And so when you break that down, um, 
you can learn, you can actually ask partners for this. I have, I've loved helping people start to say to their partners, like, you know what, before sex, what would really get me in the mood is a back massage or a foot massage right. and like some hair brushing. Cause that may be the thing that unlocks all these other positive sexual feelings. And truly one of the biggest myths that I love to dispel is that a woman's job in sex is just to be hot and desirable. Like that's like, there's actually pleasure orgasms, like touch, you know, touch the parts of about yourself that feel good and amazing things can happen in the rest of your life. We're all about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, we actually had another, one of our other guests, um, she is a art porn director out of LA and she she uses food a lot in her films and she's super dope and and, and so many of the things that you're saying she has said too and it, it's like that path to liberation you know it's that that the the fact of pushing yourself out and letting yourself know that you deserve this like you also deserve to be happy sexually in all the in, in all the areas of life so it's 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 so cool to to just hear one of my favorites, especially right now with, with everything happening with anti-racism and the protests, like one of my favorite organizations is Afrosexology. And part of them helping the movement on black liberation and really like for fostering more conversations about supporting and defending and loving black people is, is really uh, uh, exploring their sexuality. And so, you know, that organization is doing a sex toy giveaway right now. With, nice. you know, I just want to call that out on Afrosexology. It's just amazing. So about us. That's what I mean. It, it, it is like, it is at that intersection. I'm so glad you brought that up in that cultivating joy is part of resistance. It's part of like being um, a, a change agent because, and that's why I say it, oppression is tiring. It's exhausting. And one thing that fills up our energy cup is like orgasms and pleasure and joy. And so the more that we do that, the more we can fight all of the battles we want to fight. So true. Yeah. It's like to have that release as well. You know, it's we need to be we don't need to be stressed out about that area of our life. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. not it's, that's not where it is. Mm-hmm. So cool. So I, it says um, you in, in one of your conversations, you said there's an estimated growth of one hundred and twenty two billion in of dollars in the sex. Sorry, tech- guys. Can you hear me? Yeah. OK, sorry, sorry. OK, so start over. Sorry. I like you guys were frozen. Okay, um, so you said in one of your com- uh, one of your talks, you said that there's going to be an estimated growth of 122 billion in sex tech by the year 2026. So where where would you like to see that go, and where do you where do you see O school going in ten years? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's huge. There's, there's billions of people in the world, and many of them will you know choose to have sex in their lives. And so it is huge right now. Like reproductive tech is 113 billion and involves like reproductive care. And like, you've seen this with all these new menstrual cup companies and breast pump companies. And it's been driven, you know, just the more access to birth control, the more access to education globally, is going to really grow the market. And so, um, I see it really growing. I see it as one of the fastest growth rates in the, in the world, because it has been this space where, it's not just a cultural thing. Like in business, it's been really hindered. There hasn't been investment. There hasn't been a lot of excitement. There hasn't been a lot of, you know, support for the growth of this space. And so there's been little innovation. And so that's changing. Excuse me. That's changing right now. And, you know, O school in 10 years. I mean, our goal has always been to reach a billion people. We, we see that there's a lot of just education and information missing. And if we can just help with that gap, 
then there's a lot of other people who are going to be, you know, innovating on other parts of the experience and the growth of the market's really going to be global, right? I really want to stress that. This is not a US Amazing. thing, a UK thing. It's India, it's the Philippines, it's Latin, it's like all over the world, Brazil, it's, you know, all of the different cultures in, in, in Africa, you know, in, in Africa that are going to uh, start really moving toward this liberation. Like, I mean, this not to bring in something super dark, but it's really important. Like Sudan just finally criminalized female genital mutilation, wow, right? Wow. So like attacks on the clitoris are very personal to me. Like we in the West, you know, we in the West, like have certain, you know, battles we're fighting and there's other people fighting completely like just such important battles and pleasure is still where they should, go, like where they will go. And I believe they will. And so mm-hmm. these developments, um, access to birth control is a huge one. And, you know, I do see that the growth of the market is 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 coming. Um, it's here, and it's going to be global. That's awesome, you guys! Got to support. Yeah. Going to support O School. Tell your friends about it, and yeah, leading the leading source. Let's make it the leading source for sure. Yeah, and tell us, do you have any any dreams or goals to head to the Philippines and maybe do some advocacy there? Oh, 100 percent. I yeah. Um, I love. I mean. It's funny, like growing up Filipino American, right? It's like you're 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 not quite either, right? You're not quite you're all Filipino or all American, and it wasn't truly clear to me how. Um, just so, for example, my grandmother before she passed away, you know, she would tell this joke about like, you know, what's the best birth control? And she'd like, it's a pill of aspirin, and you know, you'd be like, how, Grandma? How is you know how why Lola? Why is this pill? Uh, you know. Um, good birth control. And she said, well, you take the pill and you hold it between your knees and you don't let it fall. Like, that's like <laughs> what she used to say, Wow, you know? Uh-huh. And, and so we're talking about a country and I'm still learning. I want to say that, like, I have a lot to, I have a lot of dreams to help Filipino, like in Filipina and Filipinex, like entrepreneurs in the Philippines solve this for their own communities. Like as a Filipino American, I understand a lot of what they go through, but I I'd still like grew up in the US and I still had a horrible, horrible, horrible time learning about sex in public schools at home. And so, you know, the, the, the challenges there are going to be, you know, different. And so I'm really excited to support those entrepreneurs too, because it's coming and they already still access the content. And I love like hearing these stories because they're very unifying. Like, you know, you have, you have people all over the world who want to learn about this. And for whatever reason, where we're born dictates what type of education we get about sex. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not right. You know, I think that the internet should have solved this way before O school. Like I needed O school when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17, Mm -hmm. 18. And, and right. having issues, especially as a queer person in our in my culture, and I know that a lot of cultures, we're we're now finally seeing like the trans health movement, you know, all the movements to help trans people yes. and like non-binary people and queer people, and that's part of this work too, is making sure that the generation that's coming, they are so different, like they like this generation that's coming up in age are more likely to be LGBTQ than any other generation. Yep. They're more likely to be exposed to polyamory, non-monogamy, asexuality as yeah. well. Like 1% of the of the population identifies as asexual, which we don't talk about enough, which is totally valid as well. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the intersex education, I can go on and on, um, different education for people with different bodies. Like we're talking people, you know, we have an educator who helped us talk about cerebral palsy and sex. Like it's 
mind-boggling how how much there still is to teach people and to get yeah. out there and so yeah. i'm just really excited for the next generation of entrepreneurs because old school will be part of that but and we want you know the the whole space to get bigger and bigger amazing so cool. yeah never even heard of that that's so cool um i see that you guys are also selling some um packs sexual packs on the website when you do the mm-hmm. orgasm um checkout list are you guys going to try to get more into merch or products too yeah, we really see ourselves as someone who can help people cure, like help curate and uh, help people understand what to buy and how to buy it. Like okay. Amazon can be a really scary place to go if you just don't, if you don't know where your clitoris is and you're like, oh my God, there's 15 t- types of products to stimulate it. It can be intimidating. So we have two kits up there that we're just like experimenting with and learning from our community about. So for example, we have a lube discovery kit. Okay. Like lube is like the most underrated thing in the world. Like it makes True. sex more pleasurable. It helps people of all ages who are struggling with erectile dysfunction, vaginal dryness. Like it's such a positive, 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 um, uh, tool. And most people just know a few brands in their, in their convenience stores locally. And so we curated like a box of six loos for people to try. I'd love to, you know, again, get more feedback. If anyone wants to try it, we're really just like wanting to, to bring more data and experiences from real people about, you know, how their journey is finding their, their ideal lubricant. And the other one is a snuggle at home kit. People are, you know, wanting to try things. And so there's like a little vibrator and a, a lube and a toy cleaner. Cause it's, it's, and then it's also a massage candle that you can light and then like pour the wax on people. And hey, it's actually an amazing, <laughs> yeah. And it's actually like an amazing thing. Cause like, again, like it's not just about like genitals. It's about getting your mindset ready. It's about getting relaxed, about feeling comfortable and it's not just for if you have a partner. Like I, I really encourage people who are, you know, quarantining alone. Like light that candle up for yourself. Pour it on yourself. Have a little mm-hmm. night yep. for yourself. Warm, warm it up. Yes. Don't forget about yourself. Yeah, we don't always need somebody there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's awesome. So speaking of journeys, um, we're collecting coming out stories in honor of Pride Month. Would you love to? Sh- would you like to share your story with us in hopes to inspire any young people to embrace their true self? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm always coming out, right? Like I don't have one story. Like I, you know, sometimes you come out, you come out to a business partner before, you know, you come out constantly when you meet new people. Um, I would say like the most important coming out story though, for me was, uh, coming out to my mother, you know, and that, was a really hard thing because my mom, you know, very traditional Catholic woman was married 27 years and I wasn't just coming out as queer. I was coming out about like about to, I was about to get a divorce and you know, then in Filipino culture, like divorce is almost just as taboo Mm -hmm. as being queer. It's like really not okay. And the funny thing was like, right after I, I told her I was so scared. I was so scared of her reaction. And she just, was like, my daughter is so wild. And we've had like such an amazing relationship since. And same with my father, you know, there's just been such a growth. And so I would say that, you know, coming out to my parents, um, it was a process. I can't remember. There was multiple stories. They weren't just okay overnight. Like we had a lot of conversations and um, I can honestly say that our relationship is night and day than what it was when they shamed me for my sexuality when I was 14 to now. And so, yeah, I hope that other young people a understand that it can be awesome and your parents may just like choose to love you no matter what and accept you for who you are and also i was fully prepared if they didn't accept me to like go have a joyful life 
you know, without their support. And I like to always like put that out there because not everyone has that, like, you know, their parents just won't, won't understand. And I just, I think that, you know, for me coming out was less about getting their acceptance, but choosing to, you know, go forward and live my truth with or without their acceptance. And I'm just so thrilled that for them, um, you know, being just getting to know me as, as who I am and getting to have a really long and open relationship was more important than the beliefs that they were taught growing up. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, you know, it's, it's, we always give shout out to the parents that are supportive, you know, it's, I, I I know it must be difficult for them, you know, their own experiences, but it's, it's so nice when they're able to support you and just be that, be that support that we need. And since we're on topic of talking with parents, how can we, what's your approach with, do you now talk with your mom and your dad openly about sex? Like, do you try to help them with their sex life? How can we help them and debunk their own, you know, myths and whatever yeah my dad is building me a giant clitoris model because he builds things and my mom you know has packaged sex toys for o school to help us you know when we need to like send things out in the mail so they're totally both comfortable Um, in terms of their life like you know it's it's still i think it's still good to have boundaries with people's comfort i don't think like that that for us is like necessarily the goal but like i think for sure it's just so much more open and um in terms of like how they talk to other parents about it too which i think is helpful um, to hear because my dad you know it's not just my mother too it's my father who's really um been more vocal and i think in especially filipino culture where so much is you know so much authority is given to the to the father figure of the family the fact Mm -hmm. that for example like um we were on now this her in like 2017 and the uh the video dropped in the philippines first just because of how the time zone worked like the the philippines there was a lot of views it was like six million views but the first like quarter million of them came from the philippines in the like when it was just dropped while i was asleep and i woke up and my mom like had texted me that like her high school friends, you know, were like, your daughter's on this thing and we saw it and like, it's about sex. Oh my God. And <laughs> my, and they were actually posting about it in their little like Facebook group for their Filipino like classmates. They and love that my dad, they love that. Right. And so what's my that dad, group called again? that group is called the, what's it? There's a name for it. What's it called? Do you guys know? The Barcada, they call it like a little like Barcada group. It's just like yeah. the people uh-huh. they grew up with for their whole, you know, anywho. And I think people expect the mom to come around, but like my dad was the one who wrote the post in their little thread that was like, I support my daughter. This is great. Like the world needs this. We needed it. Cause like a lot of people were not happy with it. And like, there's people in my own family who are really like would prefer I not, you know, be talking about this and sharing all of this. But um, having my dad like really stand up like that means something because it really sends a message in a way that even if my mom had come out in support, wouldn't have been such a statement of their dual support in in what we're doing. And my dad's like, he's come around and been like, I knew this, like all my friends needed it. And so people are very like, you know, judgmental. He'll point out like when you were, you know, this age, you did these yeah. stupid things like you needed this. And so <laughs> yes. I'm really lucky that both my parents have come out in support. 
Amazing. Yeah, I think that's why I say that because parents parents need to spread their knowledge among their own groups, you know, and the Filipino culture, the Latino culture, they're so community oriented that they talk about so many different things. So if you can start breaking the stigma with your parents, you'll hopefully arm them to break the stigma with their friends <laughs> and then therefore, you know, continue to break those stigmas within that that generation. And it, it's like it starts with a little fire. Um, my dad, this is like the last story I'll tell about him, but my dad had a funny, it was a funny story. So my dad called me, he was like super proud of himself. And he was like, he's like, I'm awoke. And I was like, what? And I realized, and he's like, I, he basically told me the story about how one of his, I don't know if it was a cousin or a friend was talking about how like gay people shouldn't be allowed in the military. Right. Mm. And my dad's a pretty, in Filipino culture, like they're not, they don't want to get involved with religion yeah, yeah. or politics. They kind they'd of rather be, just shut right? up about it. Yeah. They just shut up. They're, they're, very, they're kind of anti-confrontational, yeah. right? They're just like, no, I don't want to come. Conf- I don't want to fight. And you know, my dad's like, I, I said that I think that there was no problem with it. You know, it was a big step for him. And he called, you know, my, I told my brother and sister not to correct him and tell him it wasn't awoke. I thought it was so cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that was a big step. It, it, it's like suddenly they start to, do once you are you know we had a long road of empathy i will say like it wasn't like overnight they just started doing that it was like a really long um road before i started seeing that but because i listened to them i started asking people always ask me like how did you get them to change because it took years it wasn't like i came out and they were just suddenly awoke right or whatever yeah. my dad step said. by they, step it it was like and it was started actually with me asking them curious questions. I always say that to, to young people. Just when your parents are kind of like judgmental or not being open, my best kind of tactic or strategy is saying, mom, dad, where did you learn this? Like, who taught you that? And getting them to start unpacking like where this, these ideas were planted in their brains was totally critical to getting them to start doing the work themselves. Yeah. Like maybe we don't actually believe all this stuff. Maybe this was just how things were supposed to be. And then they start to identify that when they were growing up, they were also curious about sex and they also like didn't know what to do. And that's ultimately what made them, I think, come around. That's so cool. So, but, oh yeah, I, I wanted to ask you more about old school. How many is there of you guys? In your team? Uh, we're just a small team still. There's just four of us. Okay. Awesome. That's still a good oh, amount. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Super cool. Um, and so with all the movement with, you know, the uprising and especially with all the LGBTQ um, recent news that has come out, have you guys got inspired for new content? Absolutely. Um, we're, we're constantly thinking about ways we can support um, people's mental health, wellness, it's a lot of anxiety and depression happening right yeah, now. So we right. want to definitely help with that. Um, definitely thinking about just making sure we're always having different lived experiences and different voices and, you know, getting black perspectives right now is I think a, a priority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also um, just later lovers actually is a, is a big focus for us. We have a huge over 50 community mm-hmm. and I think they're really underserved. I think people think sex is a oh. young person's game. And yeah. according to a lot of our data, match.com being one of them, people are having some of the best sex of their lives after 60. And like, we want to help them. Like we just got a, a message wow. from a 72 year old who loves all those school's articles and like, like saw articles about like, you know, really like really like advanced and awesome articles like about oral sex techniques and like, you know, and said that she tried them and they were awesome. And that really inspired us. That really inspired us to really go in because, you know, 
you can look forward to a very long sex life. And I've been inspired by our community. So cool. Telling us about all the great sex they're having. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. That's so so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. We're inspired. All the stories you've been sharing today have been so inspiring and it's inspiring for, for us to share with our community and to share, share with the younger generation. I'd love to share this to my younger cousins and friends. So yeah, thank you for what you're doing and um, you know, Every, more power to you guys for sure. Yeah, yeah. And is there any any last tips you want to leave any of our listeners with on on anything really on on coming out or finding orgasms? Anything really? Ooh, I would say that the parting thing is really around just ask for what you want and say no to what you don't want. That is the key. And if you don't know what you want, spend some time learning about that because it's something that you will enjoy for the rest of your life and always understand that it will change so keep making time to devoting just devoting that energy and love for yourself it's really um, a healthy healthy practice and it may not be sex I'm not you know I'm not pressuring anyone it can be just you know asking for that back massage or getting your hair brushed if that's what you that Mm -hmm. makes you happy Mm -hmm. be have fun be playful be imaginative you know um Absolutely. Yeah, we're living such a, a beautiful time right now, even though it's a lot of chaos and, you know, but it's a beautiful, beautiful time to learn about your sexuality and, and it's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, and everyone could follow you at uh, o.school o. on Instagram? Yep, it's o.dot.school on Instagram and I'm Andrea Barica on Instagram. Woo! Cool. Thank you so much. And I want to put out there that we answer questions all the time at ask at o.school. So if people have, you know, specific questions about sex or dating or identity or coming out or any of these things, like we have experts and people, you know, on standby to help make sure that people get their, 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 their help. Yes. Perfect. We love that. Cool. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Andrea, for all the wisdom you shared with us and good luck, everyone. Do the hard work. Get to know yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into the Conscious Kitchen. Tune in for the next episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.